there is a real self and there is a false self. The real self is how I am born. Because when I am born, there is no name, no identity, no idea of who I am according to the world level. So there is just simple presence, innocence presence and ease and bliss and joy. A child is born with all of these qualities. But as the child starts developing further, after the age three and going further, a, a false self starts taking place. I'm just saying it false, but it is also needed in life. Like I am given a name by someone. I am giving education by someone. Even all of the things which I know given by some books, by some university, by some people outside, or through my name and through my education, I am getting some experiences. These are also part of false self according to you. I really need to know who I am without all of this. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Going Out, Looking In, the podcast about the big questions of life, personal growth and spirituality. My name is Maxi, I'm your host and today we are talking about one of my favorite subjects of all time and that is yoga. <laughs> yeah. As you know, yoga has played a significant role in my personal journey and path. It has brought so much healing and personal development and opportunities into my life that yeah, I cannot really find words to match the significance that the practice of yoga and everything that comes with um, had on my had on my life yeah so that being said i was really truly looking for a guest who i can talk to around the depth and the significance of yoga and that obviously goes way beyond the physical so the hatha yoga part of yoga and really includes the holistic way of all five paths of yoga and i'm very happy and glad to have found such a person and that is deep kumar deep is an indian yoga teacher practitioner author and somebody who is truly living the yogic life and i'm jumping a little bit ahead here this is, was and is one of the biggest takeaways from that conversation just the energy and i'm just inviting you to tune into this yourself the energy emanating from deep's presence in this conversation for example is to me an inspiration and a reflection of 
what yoga can introduce to our lives, where it can take us, how it can affect our aura, our charisma, our happiness. I think that's all I'm going to say about this. Um, and let's just, yeah, I invite you to see for yourself what comes across when you listen to Deep and when you see him. When we talk about seeing him and the video of this, this episode, we had some technical difficulties. And I want to just take a quick brief moment not to go on about it too much. I tried my utmost best like I do with every episode. But yeah, sometimes, you know, the internet and all that kind of stuff gets in the way and deep was at the time of the recording in Malaysia I'm in Germany and so there were some connectivity issues and the video doesn't run all the way through the video it doesn't run through smoothly so apologies for that the audio is spot-on so yeah I hope you enjoyed nevertheless and yeah, with that out of the way, I just wanted to get quickly into what we talked about because it was a lot as always, but mainly, and this is also something that I want to emphasize again, yoga is so much more than doing asanas and having, you know, practicing yoga in, 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 in the way of like postures. It's much more than that. And so we really delved deep into the different paths of yoga, the different parts of yoga, how they are interconnected with each other, how they relate to each other, how they complement each other, and how they affect the growth that, and the evolution that we as yogis go on when practicing yoga. Then we talked about samskaras, such a beautiful topic, you know, the as you have seen and heard from Michael Singer, samskaras are such a significant part of our healing and our journey as people who are seekers and on the path of liberating ourselves. Samskaras are, you know, those <laughs> patterns, preferences, and things that we store inside of us that block our energy flow. And we go very deep into why that is, how they are created, and how we can release them so we can heal and heighten our state. And moreover, we just talked about happiness. We talked about suffering and how they are related to each other and how we can live a pure life with the help of yoga. How can yoga really help us to live a fulfilled life what is the purpose of yoga you know and how does it affect realizing and recognizing and remembering that's the important word here remembering who we are how can yoga help us do that so those are just some things that we talked about um i just really appreciate deep because he is somebody who really combines the very traditional approach of yoga with the new and scientific western science way of yoga and all of the you know newfound and scientific evidence of yeah the benefits of postures and and well-being that are basically current and present right now so he's effortlessly combining 
those two schools with each other. That's the foundation of Yoga New Vision, his company. Um, and I can just really encourage you if you ever wanted to get in touch with yoga to check out Deep's stuff. Um, he's teaching in Bali, he's teaching in Malaysia. Um, I actually think that he's even teaching um, elsewhere. Um, and he is just somebody who is having an unmatched understanding for the depth of yogic philosophy but also really the physiolo physiological um, aspect of yoga like when you see videos of him explaining downward facing dog really basics or just standing on your two feet basics you know how to stand on your feet how much goes into that and how how much we can, as people who are maybe slightly disconnected from our own bodies, how that affects our health and how yoga can help us to reconnect to the body and all of those things. These are all things that Deep is really embodying and talking and teaching about so much. And so I can really recommend to check out his stuff, all the show notes, again, you know, all the links are in the show notes. And yeah, I just wanted to say thank you all for being here as always. And also consider subscribing and liking the comments, uh, the contents of the podcast. It really helps us. And also very briefly, I wanted to turn you on to a little something, something and ask for your input. And that is because I am going to be traveling Ireland, the UK and the US very soon and i will be going on a podcast tour so my intention for this trip besides um, really being initiated into manhood um, with the work of sacred sons in la for the convergence i really want to do as many interviews in-person interviews with inspiring people that i can to elevate the podcast and really go for the next level so with that being said i would love to hear your recommendations on guests and yeah potential people that i can interview so yeah they can obviously be everywhere anywhere in the world um preferably yeah in the uk in the us or in england because that's where i will be and then you know i think in-person interviews have a whole different energy so send them my way please um no matter who it is let's reach for the stars let's just ask you know um ask whoever you 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 find interesting and yeah i'll i'll make sure to check check out your suggestions and whoever resonates with me i'll i'll, I'll contact them and let's see what beautiful uh, co-creations can can arise from that all right my friends with that being said i bring you so much love and hopefully new insights about yoga with this episode and deep kumar Basically, you know, your work has been recommended to me by by Julia 
and um, since then it's been a couple of maybe even even more than a year now I've been following you and your journey and everything that you are doing with Yoga New Vision and also participated in some of your live calls on Instagram and uh, even asked some questions there um, and yeah you know while having not seen you in person I feel like I've uh, come across your way of teaching and I th think it's very and I feel like it it, it is very mm, it's it's different and it's also more um, more the kind of style of yoga um, holistically that I really resonate with and so I'm very much looking forward to this conversation and to really dive deep into what 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 that is because also for me as a westerner we throw around the word yoga a lot and i guess a lot of people only think of asanas when they when they hear the word yoga and so i know that you really embody and live the the the, the life of a yogi and so i i really i really really look forward to to exploring these topics with you deep Thank you. Thank you, Maxi. I am too. And uh, I'm sure that it's going to be a very insightful conversation and dialogue, which can be helpful for many to understand yoga, and especially through yoga, their own self and their life. Hmm. Beautiful. Hmm. So <clears throat> with that being said, um, I would love to um, have you share a little bit of the context that we need to understand in order to understand you, you know, who is sitting here right now. So how did you become the person and the teacher um, that you are today, including, you know, the journey of, um, you know, your, yourself and, and yoga, essentially? Uh it's like that, Maxi, that uh, as born in India and Indian culture and tradition, yoga enters into my life from very early age. But the form of yoga was not in the form of asana. In India, we call, there is a yoga, we call it bhakti yoga. Bhakti yoga means yoga of devotion, mm. yoga of love, yoga of life. So... I used to go to temple, we were chanting mantras, we were doing kirtans, we were uh, like, let's say that uh, in a beautiful way that we were practicing gratitude towards the life. Mm -hmm. And that happened mm -hmm. in my age when I was just 10 or 11. So that entered into my life. So that was start forming my inner that uh, Bhakti Yoga is all about that you have to have a beautiful gratitude towards the gift of life. So you chant, you dance, you give thanks to the rising sun, you give thanks to the water, give thanks to the trees. So it's a practice of thankfulness. So that started at the age of 10, 10 or 11, somewhere. Mm -hmm. So going into that, and that age is also a very early age when you are not entangled with so many problems. And it's a time in India when there was no phone, there was no much things, and we were living in a village and natural atmosphere with the trees, with the birds. 
So it become a joyful part of my life to just give thanks to the air, give thanks to the cloud, and the life was going so beautifully in that bhakti yoga. But when I enter into my age, you know, when you enter into that teenage, and then you cross that, and you reach about age of 18 and 19, so the life start hitting me up. <laughs> and then I'm saying, you know, this gratitude <laughs> is, is like, it is there as a background, but life is challenging, and life has its own problems, and life is now hitting hard to what to do, how I can keep myself centered, because this gratitude is there, but right now seeing something else is needed for me. So then, Hatha Yoga came into my life, the postures, like working on the body and uh, working on every part of you. And Hatha Yoga helped me to bring more into the present moment. Stay present. Hatha Yoga helped me in that. And when you stay present, you can deal with the challenges very well. So Hatha Yoga is a yoga of posture, yoga of breathing. Yeah. Then I start, I start practicing that. It happened in the age of near about 17 or 16 or 17 somewhere. And then through that, I was getting really strength. When the body is getting strong, your posture is really getting strong. You are taking care of your breath. So you are actually not allowing your mind to just take you. You are really uh, working on your mind and keeping it centered. So that is Hatha Yoga. So then Hatha Yoga helped me a lot in that change, mm. challenging time and it become part of my daily routine. Even now I do my yoga posture, my breathing, my meditation practice every morning because it helped me a lot. And then when I see the benefit of that and it enhanced my gratitude towards life. And then going through that, when I see that how it has helped me, how it has helped my body in that moment when you can just, you know, be lethargic and lie down and start complaining about the life. Rather than Hatha Yoga actually helped me to strengthen my body and all that energy which would go, go to negativity, actually it allowed me to strengthen my body and stay positive. And slowly, slowly, I, I'm not saying challenges were gone, but I was able to handle the challenging very well. Challenges very well. So then it started growing within me and mm. somehow it start, it, it becomes sharing. Like I start sharing with the people, not as a teacher. Just because it has helped me a lot and I know it will help another person also. So when I start sharing with the people, they start calling me a teacher. <laughs> and I start feeling that I'm really enjoying it. And if they are saying me teacher, I know I'm just sharing because it has helped me. But then slowly, slowly my life entered into this direction. Then many people came. They started many things with me. I started moving forward and started enjoying it. And it is the enjoyment of yoga that actually going through yoga, new vision, and through me all over the world right now. And I call it my karma yoga. Karma yoga means a yoga of service so the sharing took the part as a service and then it part become of my you know the way of sharing and the same time that i can take care of my life also very well 
through all the aspect, which as a yoga, I don't call it a business. It's a service-oriented mm. science. But nowadays, yoga is entering into a business way, which is also very good. I will say that once yoga is coming into that way, it will flourish more. And there are the, there are the people who can dedicate their lives to it, to serve others, and through that, mm. they can take care of them. So it's a service-oriented practice. So that is me right now sitting in front of you, coming from Bhakti Yoga, entering into Hatha Yoga, mm -hmm. then taking as a Karma Yoga service and bringing it forward. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. This is very much going into a direction where I was also was very curious to go into because now we are already you know you've been introducing three uh, paths of yoga already within your own journey and um, I would love to um, have you maybe share also some more of and this is actually was one of the questions I asked you in one of the live Instagram videos once um, because my journey has been a lot about um, meditation so you know raja yoga and nana yoga as well understanding a lot of things in the mind and knowing a lot of things reading you know studying um you know bhagavad gita and um yoga sutras and and you know reading the ancient text and um the the um upanishads and the vedas and so i was just very curious now that we are already introducing the five paths of yoga if you can share a little bit more in detail what those different aspects of yoga include and um, maybe also how they are interconnected it's a it's a really good question maxi as uh, i will say that when we go to the top of the mountain the top is one but there are many paths to lead to that top so if a person who is looking to know themselves or go deeper into themselves, every human being has a time. Let's say some people are more body-oriented, some people are more thought-oriented, some people are more emotion-oriented, and some people are more service-oriented. So every person has a time. So there are people who love to work out. They, they want to do something, you know, with the body. They, they want to use it in a certain way. They love to do the breathing. So for those people who are this type, for them, the path is Atha Yoga. There are people who are not really want to use body much. They just want a little bit and that's good enough. Or they don't want to do it anything at all. We just want to have a morning walk. But they love to enter into the thought process. They love talk. They love to understand these different system of thought. And they are very much fascinated by the thought process. For, for them is Janana Yoga. So through thoughts, they can come to know themselves, their reality, their inner. There are another people who have nothing to do with the thought much. They are very emotional. So for them, emotions are playing big role. For 
those kind of person bhakti yoga with yoga of emotions so through the emotion they can know themselves they can enter into a deeper realm of themselves and they can know this life force this life energy even through their emotions and there are people who love to serve others that is their passion to help others for them is karma yoga and there are the people who have nothing to do with any of these they are like the seeds they just want to go into themselves directly they don't want to go into any of the direction of that they are neither interested in thought or in emotion or all of that so directly raja yoga close your eyes and just go to the seed come the seed so yogi know it from long time that every person has its own type and yoga has to be created for every person and yoga means uniting uniting the forces which within me creating conflict creating chaos and not allowing me to really see this life as a gift and are are a hindrance for me to enjoy this life properly to live this life so all type of yoga work on one thing how to bring peace how to bring joy how to bring ease how to bring love within you but ways are different according to different people <clears throat> yeah <laughs> so so beautiful mm. i was wondering is there a is there a is the is it is there any sort of mm, ranking or like a deeper yoga um or a easier or a harder yoga or is it is it all basically on one level and you can like you say you know depending on your type choose which kind of yoga you want to pursue more in depth and then really you know use it to go to union merger actually it's all there is no hierarchy only thing is like what suits you the best what do you feel really connecting with yourself and there could be a person actually these all can be connected in one that is also the possibility like for me for me i explored all of them and i feel like they are all part of me and i can enjoy in whichever direction i want and every path is different but they are leading to the same direction so i i entered with all these path and i found that all path actually enter into one state and that is if i have to call in simple language they bring you present they bring you present and it's like that you don't have any preference then you can enjoy all <laughs> or there is a possibility in enter through one and you find it out oh my god this a lot to to explore here so there are people who can enjoy hatha yoga also same time raja yoga also and this two can actually done together also like if we will see it hatha yoga is a way of the body to bring your attention back to the body 
because our mind is going into so many directions. So when we are doing yoga posture, taking care of our joint, taking care of our muscle, taking care of our breath, actually it cuts the mind from all the thought processes and it brings it into present. And that is the ground of Raja Yoga. And in Raja Yoga, if you are taking a straight posture, lifting your heart up, closing your eyes, actually that sitting posture is part of Hatha Yoga. So, it goes together. And then, right now we are talking. We are really exploring the subject. This is Janana Yoga going on. And we are doing this so people can get benefit from the talk. Karma Yoga is also happening. And if you and me right now feel gratitude for this talk, Bhakti Yoga is also going on. All Yoga is right now present. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes person can be confused with so many. So that's why we say you go with one. And actually, if you go with go go with one, people start with Hatha Yoga, and they feel start feeling gratitude. They enter into bhakti. They start meditating. So they feel Raja Yoga, and then they serving other people. So. Going through one is always easier, then you will see slowly, slowly, this all will take their part in the life. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's actually really fascinating, the journey. And I mean, yeah, there's so many roads leading to the mountain. And when I'm looking at my own journey, and for example, with Julia, it always has been um, very different because like I'm not that much into asanas just also from the basically the starting point of where I am with my body um, it didn't come as natural as for her and so she was like going she was straight away connecting with physical yoga with hatha yoga straight away and for me it was the most important thing to finally get a, any sort of relationship with my mind because I'm unbelievable. I was unbelievably heavy on thinking and relying on my mind to, yeah, lead me through life. So Raja yoga was and meditation was just so, um, oh, it, it, it did so much for me over the course of the last couple of years. And through that, I was then introduced to Jnana Yoga when and reading a lot of texts and understanding cognitively. And I feel like now I'm really progressing into uh, Bhakti Yoga. So I'm really connecting to my heart and I'm developing a deep, deep, deep relationship to my emotions. And I feel like, wow, there's like a whole new world being being opening up, you know, for me. Um, so, uh, out of, yeah, very personal, uh, curiosity, I would, um, love to maybe go a little bit deeper into bhakti yoga as well. Um, and how you would, um, practice bhakti yoga, what kind of, what kind of ways are there to deepen the relationship with your emotions in a yogic way? In, in, uh, all the yogic culture, yogic history, actually Bhakti Yoga is the most, if I have to say one word, juiciest path. It is the path of 
path of celebration. It is the path of love. It is the path of joy. It is the path of bliss. Actually, all this person is practicing all of this. Bliss, joy, celebration, gratitude. So these are the practices of Bhakti Yoga. It starts with a very beautiful way. Let's say a person wake up in the morning and feel alive. That thank you. Thank you to the universe that I am alive. So it starts from, from there. You don't need to go anywhere. Open your eyes and practice all the yoga style. And I love to advise my students sometimes if you are going to your work, let's say, going from house to your work to teach yoga or to your office. On every walk, if you are taking towards your car, let's say 20 steps. Stay thank you to the 20 step. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Then reach to the car. Then at least uh, do 100 steps in a day. Thank you steps. Like thank you that I'm able to touch the graph. I'm able to walk. So this is the practice of Bhakti Yoga. We are eating the food. Just before eating, taking two minutes, looking at it and saying thank you to my food. Gratitude to the food, gratitude to the who made it, gratitude from where it comes. So, giving this gratitude, you are entering into joy because gratitude brings joy to the inside. So, whenever a person gets a chance from the work or free time, look at the sun and just thank you to the sun. Yogi do it a lot. That's why sun salutation takes place in yoga. Salutation to the sun. It's like a gratitude to the sun because of sun I am alive. And I, I am able to uh, see this life. If there is no sun, then the life would have been very different or maybe would not have even existed. So to the sun, if drinking water, so becoming conscious about that and thanking the water before drinking. Or sometimes just uh, like on the music and dance in gratitude to the life. That thank you and dance, full on dance. That dance in a thankfulness to the existence is Bhakti Yoga, is Kirtan. So wherever a chance comes to thank the life, giving the thank you and Bhakti Yoga is into the practice. Yeah, I resonate with that so much. It's actually so funny, Deep. Whenever I hear you speak also, I'm just like, and this is like, this is what yoga did for me as well on all levels. Like when I, whenever I read the teachings, whenever I hear people talk about yoga who really understand it, it's just like, I, I don't know where it's coming from, but in the inside, I feel like it's true. I don't know. I just know this is like how I want to be living my life like this is just so deep within me like resonating i'm just like i know this gratitude is the way for me to be in this world like it just makes me a better human being every single day in every interaction it's just and it's so simple like it's the tiny things it's not like transcending into samadhi all the time it's just like can i go out and just like treat people in a good way and be grateful for like you say every step like this is so this is like m mundane things you as you would maybe think for looking from the outside but it's all of those things that 
piled up as a foundation of life is for me just like feeling so it's elevating you into a a state where you can be of a whole new presence and 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 you can vibrate at a much higher frequency when you really yeah in everyday life do those quote-unquote simple things being grateful for the food it changed my whole relationship to food i have to say i feel like my body is like nourished in a different way when i'm before entering and it's coming from the time that i spent in the monastery it was completely normal to like quickly pause say thank you for the food reminding where did it come from why do i consume this to nurture my body to pursue the way of Buddha or to pursue the way of um, whatever religion, for example, you believe in or you you, you are yeah um, devoting yourself to. So you're just like, I don't know, you're living from that place. It goes so deep. And this is, I don't know, it's really resonates. It's so beautiful. I don't know. I just <laughs> wanted to say that. <laughs> I, I totally understand. It's a, it's a way of living. It's a way of living, and through your way of living, uh, a person transcends the conflict, the misery, the tension, and enter into love, beauty, and truth. So this is like transforming their misery and transforming all that which is troubling in a person and finding their meaning, finding their purpose, and living this life well. Well-lived life with um looking looking at the mandala behind you and like it's you know it's having a center and we were talking about the different paths of yoga and where they basically go to and you talked about some seed you know returning to the seed finding the seed um so what is i guess what is what what is at the at the core then um yoga and what is the seed you were talking about okay so I'm dividing right now just for reason to understand. There is no reason, just reason to understand I'm dividing it human being. There is a real self and there is a false self. The real self is how I am born. Because when I am born, there is no name, no identity, no idea of who I am according to the world level. So there is just simple presence. Innocence, presence, and ease, and bliss, and joy. A child is born with all of these qualities. Mm-hmm. But as the child starts developing further, after the age three and going further, a, a false self starts taking place. I'm just saying it false, but it is also needed in life. Mm-hmm. Like, I am given a name by someone. I am giving education by someone. Even all of the things which I know, given by some books, by some university, by some people outside, or through my name and through my education, I am getting some experiences. These are also part of mm-hmm. false sense according to you. I really need to know who I am without all of this. That innocence presence, yeah. how I am born, without a name, without a nation, without a country, 
without any education that pure silence that pure presence that pure innocence is my reality and i need to know it so the journey is backward that's why i call it seed the journey is backward we have to unlearn everything and that unlearning doesn't mean that you have to forget just through yoga through all meditation person will come to know slowly slowly that i am more than the thought i am more than the emotion what is going on and slowly slowly going back we will come to touch our real self which is presence which is silence which is peace and there is no any chattering of the mind going on or even the chattering going on you are aware about it that it is mind going on but you are not identified with it so basically mm. yoga has been said yoga mean to be becoming aware about the fluctuation of the life fluctuation of the mind i will repeat it again yoga mean becoming aware about the fluctuation of the mind and then by becoming aware about the fluctuation person will establish into the presence and that is our reality that is our real self that is the purpose of all kind of you to bring you into your natural real presence how you are born See, if we see in reality, a person' own mind is troubling the person. Yeah. These thoughts, these emotions, they always goes either up or either down. They fluctuate always. Happiness, sadness, love, hate. They are part of life. These fluctuations. they are part of life but when we are lost into them let's say somebody come to me and give me good words deep you are so good you are wow you are amazing and deep ego become very high yes i am so somebody said few words to me and i become really happy let's say the same person come again in the evening to me and start saying that whatever i was saying is just not right you are not worth of that you are wrong you are bad and give me all bad words and i will go down sad in yoga we call it mean you are like a tv and your remote control is always in other people hand hmm <laughs> <laughs> yeah again yeah so much so much resonates mm, it's 
the analogy with the remote control is is very beautiful i guess we we will call it in psychology and what people throw around nowadays it's like the triggers right we are triggered by everything and everyone and we are you know being quote unquote offended and you know what what lies underneath so also something that i now that we talk about that um i would love to explore a little bit the the topic of some scaras and how they are formed and what that actually is and um to hear you um share a little bit about that in india whenever rain used to come so children love to play in the rain and they make small channels on the like on the ground and through that channels they bring the water to a certain hole they love to play that game but when the rain is not there they, those channels are always there and whenever rain comes rain flow through those channels always so let's say those channels are sanskaras once they are there they direct your energy in a particular way which we call unconscious way those sanskaras are given us they are the part of the mind let's say call them habits call them tendencies they are from this birth also in indian system we say they are coming from the previous birth also i have read about it and it is like that let's say in the childhood i have a form a habit and the habit is complaining that is sanskara i have a complaining sanskara right now it will go through the whole life so person whatever they get whatever the complaining will go on and it will not allow them to go deeper or enjoy a life once i'm going to tell you a simple story so it has been said in india so there was a guy he was crying a lot that he lost let's say 5000 dollars he was crying but the but the wife sitting near by that was laughing so the person become curious and one day that your husband is crying that he lost 5000 dollars why he was laughing he said you don't know actually he was expecting the profit of 10000 he got the profit 5000 so he's crying for the 5000 he is not getting <laughs> so he is not seeing what he got he is seeing what he did not get so now how many people are carrying this sanskara of complaining and it is unconscious now to change it needs some conscious effort hatha yoga raja yoga janana yoga asking question wise so these sanskaras are so many sanskara in india we call that when a desire take place within you 
a desire take place and now if somebody is creating a problem that my desire is not getting fulfilled anger will take place so these are the unconscious inspires i want something i'm not getting it somebody is preventing me to get it anger will come and when the anger will come then i want it so badly the sanskara of greed will take place when the sanskara of greed will take place i will be more attached to that thing so the attachment will take place so this is a very initial map of india desire then anger then greed then attachment and and the anger when they all together they form a ego and this is all sanskaras sanskaras from unconscious and sanskara from this conscious which so called conscious we call coming through personality also so these sanskaras i'm taking a simple sanskara because if i can work on it actually all other sanskaras can be taken care of very just one sanskara the habit of complaining if i can sort out of that i can deal with other variables if that complaining attitude can be gone away all other sanskara can be dealt with there are so many the dances habits and you as yeah and you and you are saying that we can get rid of the samskara of for example complaining by then pursuing one of the different paths or all of yoga correct or yes any yoga first we have to find out which is helping me more which is more closer to me start with that and then slowly slowly enter into the journey and it will be like that right now let's see that there is a 100% complaining mind and there is no joy there is no bliss there is no presence then if it the practice slowly slowly there will be less complaint like less comp like this complaint is less there will be more joy more presence more bliss with the practice more complaining less more presence more joy so it will be coming like that slowly 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 when a different kind of presence is taking place of gratitude of thankfulness then same time helping others same time working on myself same time questioning myself also is my complaining is real then a different kind of presence will take place within me and then that complaining attitude will be slowly 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 will go down because right now that complaining attitude is actually uh crushing all the joy all the bliss and all the gift which present in the life i'm not able to see that because of this complaining and when i work on it consciously then slowly slowly picture changes i'm not saying it's going to change right now it need time it need work and it need to discipline the energy to enter into that practice hmm. yeah absolutely now 
mm, out of personal experience and also out of experience with um, sharing um, some of those aspects with yoga with people and listening to a lot of people and reading a lot and educating myself I um, came across basically you know the same kind of obstacles and the same kind of roadblocks which at the end were often um, a somatic on a somatic level on a embodiment level so I understood a lot and I I feel like um, a lot of people understand quite a lot about um, those those mechanics of um, liberation maybe and freeing yourself but then um, it comes to a stop whenever you know uh, it comes to the embodiment and I feel like there and this is something that I really I wrote it down in capital letters in my notebook when preparing for the interview with you that I really want to go into the place of embodiment with you and into the physical and into the aspect of me being in incarnated in this in this body in this incarnation um, because how I receive your teachings and when I'm looking at the style of yoga you are teaching I'm receiving a lot of um, embodiment and a lot of integration of the body and I feel like this is um, very different and refreshing and um, it resonates very much with me because I feel like there's a lot of transcending, you know, there's a lot of like, I want to go higher, I want to transcend, I want to get out of the body so I can take care of, you know, samskaras and I can go straight into samadhi. But then the part of like being in the body is basically being skipped, you know, it's not being taken, taken care of and taken into account. And so I would really, really love to have you share a little bit about um, why it is first of all important to um, be embodied what does that mean and how also yoga can help us um, and your way of teaching yoga is also so much focusing on the physical aspects um, of, 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 of yoga why that is so why for you that is so important see there is a simple thing uh Whenever a emotion has taken place in the body, it needs release. Let's say I'm giving just an example that I'm angry on someone. And when I'm angry on someone, that anger has taken place and I feel like to hit the person. But let's say the person is very powerful, I can't hit. So what I will do? I will suppress it. I'm not saying that a person has to go and hit. We are just using an example. So a person just suppress that anger. Now that anger is suppressed in the hand and in the arm and in the whole upper body area and lower body. So the anger is suppressed. So that suppressed anger will create a pain or any problem for this area. This is how emotion creates trouble. And fear is related to the kidney also. Let's say a person have a lot of fear inside and the fear is getting stored. Wherever the fear is happening, that area is getting contracted. Let's say fear is happening in the belly. Whenever fear happened, the belly got contracted. A person is living in the fear, belly is all the time contracted. So all that organs will not function well. Tension will be there. 
and let's say the person there is no fear situation right now but the muscle has been contracted it has become sanskara there so even the person is not in fear but the body is will be in the fear situation mm. so yoga said this is the time do some yoga posture open the hips area open the upper belly area do some twist to release those muscles and muscle can come to its naturality and the person can breathe well because when the stomach is tight person cannot breathe from the diaphragm person will always breathe from the chest so releasing those muscle opening those muscle doing some twist doing some hip opener swing some backward bend release that fear and person can breathe well and can create new sanskara for itself mm that is all size of hatha yoga for every muscle for every body part for every joint yeah yeah it's so it's so fascinating when you look at western society and how we are all running into the gym and working out like maniacs and putting on muscles and stuff like that how disconnected that is from what you are sharing like it's you know and i've i've seen you know from the yoga teacher trainings that you do I've seen um you know really you teaching basics like standing you know just like the feet on the ground like how do I put my feet on the ground where you would say like why yeah I'm standing on the ground like how should I <laughs> what what should I be doing wrong there but there's like a lot of stuff that we can you know do wrong right when standing totally totally I did actually the feet let's say the feet are placed like that but you will see many people will put the feet weight inside many people will put the weight outside so that create actually disturbance in the breath also and some time person is standing on one feet more and other feet is not taking the weight some people feet on the uh, stand on the toes more not on the heels they will go through a different kind of uh, trouble inside the body and mind there are people who stand more on the heels but person has to stand on the heels and on the toes properly and anyone can example let's say person bring the weight more on the toes breath will be disturbed person bring the weight more on the heel breath will be disturbed when the breath is disturbed and it is from the chest anxiety and stress will become part of life mm. So Hatha Yoga said, use the body in such a way, the right way, so your breath will go to diaphragm all the time. The more your breath is on the diaphragm, mind will relax by itself. So it's a cultivating a new direction for the body and mind. Yeah, yeah, and everybody, everybody who is doing some sort of breath work, pranayama, knows that you know whenever you connect to the breath, you immediately feel feel so much. more present and better essentially um and yeah and this is all like literally just like basically taken into account where you are right now so imagine where you can be when you really also learn to breathe in the in the yeah di- like i say in the diaphragm i mean it's such a big difference isn't it totally and our breath is related to our emotion let's say person is anxiety in stress in tension or in rush or in hurry that person will breathe shallow that person will breathe fast and the breath will be like very disturbing a person who is on the beach 
who is just relaxed or just having a morning walk or looking at the sun, the breath will be slow, steady, rhythmic and deeper. So Yogi said, if a person can make the breath deeper to the diaphragm, slower, rhythmic, at ease, person can actually ease the emotion very easily. So negative emotion all bring the breath on the chest. All the positive emotion mostly bring the breath on the diaphragm. So when a person breathes from the diaphragm, breathe on a slower pace, breathe on a systematic way, I call it LSD breathing. LSD. Length, speed and depth. If you can control these three things, length of the breath, speed of the breath, and depth of the breath, it's psychedelic. <laughs> but some will live a different life. Mm. So, so <laughs> what is what is a what is a good length? What is a good speed? What is a good depth of the breath? I was just hoping this question from you right now. I know <laughs> that you will ask this. <laughs> that the length of the breath, I will say. If a person really wants to work on it and want to see the effect, six breaths per minute. Mostly a person breathes 15 to 20 breaths a minute. But if a person can slow down, six breaths per minute. If a person can enter into that phenomena, can really see the effect. So the speed is slower, Six breaths per minute. Length, it has to go inside vertical, down, 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 down. And then depth, it has touch, it has to touch the navel point, our navel point. The navel is the source of energy. Six breaths per minute. And there. And it should touch the navel. These three things are there. Just 10 minutes go like that. Not even 10 minutes. 5 minutes. Person feels such a calmness and ease in the mind. So one... Yeah, I mean like it... <laughs> I mean, the navel point seems so far away. But it can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say more is person above the navel is not contact with the life force energy. More a person when inhale, go down, down, down and touch the navel, the life force will be present and wide field refresh easily. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I find it very powerful also to do breath work or pranayama before going to meditation because I feel like it removes, it removes clutter from my mind it makes it way easier to go into deeper states of meditation when having centered the breath and slowed it down and yeah it's really like this practice of like also inhaling um the exhaling longer than the inhaling yes yeah. totally it can be done like uh, let's say four inhalation six Seven or eight exhalation. 
so whatever inhalation number we are taking two three or four more in exhalation but it should be very should be in an easy way the breath should not be forced in that way mm -hmm. like yeah comfort level has to maintain yeah yeah it's it's yeah it, like i i see a big um increase in my capabilities of breathing as well so i started off at a whole different level and now i'm feel like i have like more capacity in actually also like like you say like it i, I don't know i feel like it goes deeper into my body when breathing now intentionally yes. because yeah otherwise i'm just like breathing up here all the time or even even below the lungs like only here like like in a sort of like a flight fight or flight mode it's like oh my god like i'm constantly running away from something it is it is always when a person is in the mind the breath will be upper when a person is in the present breath will go deeper or yogi said just you bring the breath deeper and you will be present That's why in in uh, yoga, up asana first, then pranayama, and then meditation. This is the sequence: asana, pranayama, then meditation. First, do some body thing, then do some breathing. Easy to go into meditation. Yeah, <laughs> totally resonate with that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, that's also why I, when I was in a Zen monastery, like sitting for a very long time, I had to first get like the hips opening and like find a posture that is right and good for me. So I can then ease and the body is not in the way of getting into the deeper states of meditation because I was simply, um, distracted all the time, um, so much by the pain from coming from my hips. And now I'm doing more, I guess it's not like, yeah, it is asanas in the way of like that I'm opening my hips more. So I'm able to also sit upright when, do, when, when, when in meditation. It is completely, completely. And if we will see that through the time, through the age, through the emotion, which is negative body contract with the age body contract, with the negative emotion body contract. With the tension and stress, everything contract. And Hatha Yoga come, expand everything. Expand your body, expand your breath. Easy to take the flight. <laughs> so beautiful. Okay, deep. Um, so towards the end, I'm always asking uh, two questions. And with you, I would, uh, would exchange one. So um, what... You know the name of your of your yoga school and your your channels is called Yoga New Vision, right? So, I would just like to ask you, what is the new vision of yoga for you? See, new vision is this, my friend, that there is this an ancient knowledge, this traditional knowledge, this Indian way of bringing the things forward. So, this, I, I will call it, I will give it a name, Eastern Way of Living, which we have talked a lot about working on the body, working on the breath, working on the mind. All of this knowledge is there. And then, right now, the world is actually one, but there is a Western side. 
Eastern person have a different type of knowledge. Western person have different type of knowledge. Let's say the Eastern we have talked about. In the West, I admire a person a lot. His name is Matthews Alexandra. He has worked on the posture a lot, how a human posture should be in a very scientific way. Then I admire a person a lot. His name is Alexandra Luan. He has worked on the bioenergetic. How this bioenergetic actually impact, affect a person. Hmm? Like bioenergetic mean emotion. How this emotional energy affect the body. And how by using the body, person can actually work on them. It's called bioenergetic. It's a yogic perspective. But there is a guy, Alexandra Luan has worked on it. Then there is a person named in the West, Buteku. Buteku has worked on the depth of the breath and it is very similar to Pranayama. It's all yogic knowledge coming in the West in scientific way. <laughs> and there is another person I admire him a lot. He is the father of psychoanalysis, Sigmund Freud. Freud has actually talked a lot about things that how our mind behaves. And uh, what is the way it behaves? And he actually has put whole psychoanalysis on it. And that is also part of yoga because we say yoga means cessation of mind. So in yoga, there is a lot of understanding of mind, which is coming very closer with the fried also and giving solution also for the mind. And then there is a Eastern way and there is a Western way. Let's say that there is a Eastern and ancient knowledge and there is a Western science. Actually, I am mixing them together for a new human being, for a 21st century human being, that how we can bring 21st century with this modern science together. And when they join hand to hand, it is an evidence-based growth. That person can see that how much work has, work has happened in the East and now how much work has happened in the West also. And it is all evidence-based growth. When they come together, it is like merging of the, <laughs> you can say, an ancient wisdom with the Western modern science. So that is the new reason we are bringing forward. So there is a roots which are strong in the ancient tradition and there is a flowering and there is a fruit which is coming through the Western science and it's a completely whole new approach in the yogic way. Ah, so beautiful. So beautiful. Um, beautiful vision. Beautiful vision. And I guess like the second question will we'll tie into that very nicely uh, because I wanted to ask you, uh, what are you proud of? <laughs> on life it is so beautiful and when you're proud on the life which is there I think that is that is a beautiful moment for me yes I can say that I'm proud of what I'm doing I'm proud of this no I feel like with my realities that I'm really proud of life that life is amazing Mm. Beautiful. Thank you, Deep. <laughs> Namaste. That was so beautiful. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. I'm very grateful to have spent time and space with you. Um, 
And I would also like to uh, open up the space if there's anything um, in the conversation we haven't touched on um, you, and you feel like still addressing or you want to share or say, I just also now want to give some some space if there's something um, you can you you are more than welcome to share. I will request everyone that have 10 or 15 minutes in a day to close the eyes and watch the feet, watch the knees, watch the hips, spine and head into a relaxed state. Watch the body relaxing. And then go to the breath and watch the breath coming in and going in and relaxing the breath. Just watching the breath and it will relax. Just watching. And then give a few moments that look at the thought, what thought is going on right now. Becoming aware about the thought. And then take a more step deeper. Become aware about what emotion is going on right now. So becoming watchful to the body, body relax. Becoming watchful to the breath, breath relax. Becoming watchful to the thought, thought settle down. By watching the emotion without any yes, no idea, good and bad, just simply looking at the emotion, emotion settle down. And stay in that watchfulness for 5, 10, 15 minutes, how it feels good. It will change the life. It will give whatever good in the life exists there and it will clear the path towards any direction a person feel like to go. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Maxi. Thank you for this opportunity, for being here, for creating this great path. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.